in today's show, we look ahead to Wednesday in the NBA. There are 10 games on. We look at all of those games. We look at who we're streaming in. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble, on TikTok at redrock underscore beeble, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen. Every day we are free. And available on all platforms. 10 games on. We haven't really had an overload day for like two weeks. So this is one of those days where you might not be able to stream. But it's borderline. You might be able to. So we're going to talk streaming options later in the show. We're going to preview all of these games. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. A lot of these teams playing the Tuesday, Wednesday back-to-back here as well. We've got the Pacers taking on the the Orlando Magic. It's a back-to-back for Indiana. The Magic are four-and-a-half-point favorites here. Halliburton will be out. OKK will be out. Daniel Tice will be out. We don't know about Andrew Nempard. Nempard is out for Tuesday's game. So he's got an illness. We think there's a chance that he plays on Wednesday, but we don't know. So we'll watch more of that with the Pacers and talk about them on the recap show later on today and what we get out of that. Um, but what we obviously want to watch here on the Magic side is the yokai himself, Jonathan Isaac, who came back in his first game and posted a steal rate of nine steals per 100 possessions, had a usage of 37% and shot 67% from three. Um, what is most important to watch, I think, here for Isaac is minutes and then how aggressive they let him be again. How does he look in this next game? I've got no doubt that John Isaac can be a really good steals and blocks player. My worry with him the whole time has been rust, Games off, how long it takes to get back to useful minutes. That has been my entire thing with him. And that performance in the first game, while it was great, is completely unrealistic and actually doesn't tell us anything about where he goes moving forward. It tells us nothing. So I want to watch again, see how he gets utilized. Does he take Terrence Ross's minutes again? Does he cut into Wagner and Bowl in terms of the reserve minutes? How do they utilize him? This is the big question. And then I also want to watch Cole Anthony because he's very up and down. If he's consistently sitting around 23, 24 minutes, it does make him a hard roster. It makes him a stream guy when you're punting field goals. But he'll have an 18-point game in 24 minutes, or he'll have a five-point game in 24 minutes. It's very hard to trust that sort of production. But again, it's just like a a placeholder for looking at Markel Fultz and Cole Anthony and Gary Harris and and Jalen Suggs. And without fail, again, another two questions. Hey, do I drop Jalen Suggs? And I know you're taking the piss now. I know you're taking the piss. Yes, you dropped Jalen Suggs. The next game. It is the Philadelphia 76ers hosting the Brooklyn Nets. Durant is out. We've got a bit of an update on Durant today, so reevaluate it in another two weeks, and he hopes to be able to be back before the All-Star game and to play in it. I don't doubt that he hopes to be back then. I don't know that he will be, and if he is, I think it'll only be just before, but a two-week reevaluation puts it around the trade deadline, and then maybe we get a week or so of Durant before, which is really good news. Um, So he's out. Korkmaz is out for Philadelphia, but troublingly... Joel Embiid on the injury report. Now, we thought that he and Harden resting on the weekend was just that. It was just a rest. Harden's off the injury report. He's fine. Embiid isn't. 
That is a worry. So Embiid is listed questionable with a foot injury. Hmm. On the Nets side of things, is Seth Curry reliable? Now, the Nets have three games in four nights coming up. Curry has had better minutes, but the production between him and O'Neal and Warren and Harris, it's all over the place. Now, Curry has played 30 minutes in three of the last four games, and the one he didn't, he played 25. So there are some pretty strong minutes there for Curry. Is at least a streamable option if you're looking for points and threes. And if your league has three-point percentage, well, this bloke is one of those guys who is consistently over 40%, so he helps in that area. I also want to mention Nick Claxton because he's playing like 35, 38, 36 minutes the last three games. He's scoring 20 points per game. He looks really good. Is that real? Like, Can he continue to play those big minutes at the expense of Ben Simmons? And can he continue to get that usage, which seems weird, but it's happening. On the um, Philadelphia side, well, it's always Maxi Melton. Like, what is the role there for D'Anthony? D'Anthony Melton's played 30 minutes and 31 minutes the last two games. One of those was that without Harden and Embiid. One of them wasn't. If Embiid misses, does Melton play those big minutes again? Can we rely upon him? I think he is a hold. But again, we just need to watch more of what they do with him. And then I also, also want to watch Montrez Harrell only if Embiid is out. He does become someone to look at. I'm not going to include him in the streaming list later in the show, but just this is your reminder that yeah, Harold would be an interesting stream if Embiid is out. And that is all that he is. He's a stream. He's not a long-term guy. He's a stream. The next game we look at, the Wizards and the Rockets. It is a back-to-back for Washington. So we'll get some really good information on Tuesday without Hachimura and without Porzingis. Gafford is the guy to me. Avdi is also worth a look in this situation while Porzingis is out. So we're watching all that sort of stuff. We're also clearly watching Delon Wright. So we know Porzingis will be out. We know Kevin Porter will be out. We don't know about Jabari Smith Jr., and that's a huge one. Because if Jabari's out, then we're flying with Tari Eason. If Jabari's in, I'm very skeptical of Eason playing over 20 minutes a night. So that is really key in terms of how we can use Tari. Now, I have Tari in a few leagues. And to be honest, I probably will forget to drop him and switch him out if we hear about Smith playing. But I, I would recommend that we re- you do really pay attention to that and see that if Smith is in, then it is harder to hold on to Tari. I want to watch the delicate dancer, Alperen Sengun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. A number of reasons. I had him on the buy low, sell high show earlier today, so let's see how real that is. But was I right to include him on that? Do they continue to run through him? Will there be any change in Silas's approach with his minutes? Let's hope not. But we just always want to see how he develops because he literally could become a consistent top 25 player. It's not crazy. But we want to see how he gets utilized. It's a really big thing. And then with Porter out, KJ Martin is the 12-team league guy. He wasn't particularly good last time. And he's not a high upside player. He just isn't. He's an okay player when there's 30 minutes a night to use. But he does have very big limitations. But let's see if that role sticks uh, for the time being. I think it will. I don't really see why it wouldn't. Nuggets and Bucks. This is a back-to-back, this one for Denver. Ibaka's out for Milwaukee. Um, Maga Porter Jr. is out on Tuesday. Bones Highland is questionable, and Big Chungus Nikola Jokic is questionable as well. I think there's a real chance here, especially looking at the odds for that game on Tuesday, that Jokic doesn't play, or that he doesn't play at least both of these games. So there's a chance that Jokic is out here, even if he plays Tuesday. It's a back-to-back. He's dealing with a hamstring that's obviously not just rest. There's something a little bit nefarious going on, so we do want to see that one. Then uh, the big stiffy Bones Highland, he's questionable with a finger injury. You don't want to roster him anyway. Well, Bob Portis left last game with a knee thing. I reckon that was just plainly precautionary. But, of course, we don't know that at this point. They haven't given us an official injury update. 
On the Bucks side, Drew Holiday was on the buy low, sell high as well. His numbers had really skyrocketed with Giannis and Middleton out. But of course, they're back. So we're wanting to see where Holiday fits in, what happens to his shooting numbers, what happens to his assist rate with Middleton and Yanni there. And also Brook Lopez, who after that ridiculously hot start to the season, he's cooling off and not many people are talking about it. I haven't really heard anyone discuss Brook much at all, despite being like this top 30 guy for months. Like he's like 90th over the last month or something. Like he's fallen way back down because what we said at the top, man, how is Brook blocking this many shots? This is crazy. This can't continue. And then it continued for two, three months and now it hasn't. So let's sort of see how we can value Brook as we move forward because it has dropped off to a more sustainable level. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line to the point spreads and player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Championship week in the NFL. I swear when I did this yesterday, the Chiefs were favorites, but they're not anymore. The Bengals have moved to one and a half point favorites on the road in Arrowhead, which is wild. I know Joe Burrow beats Mahomes every time, apparently, but that is crazy to me. Maybe Mahomes' injury is actually significant, but the Bengals are favorite, one and a half points. So go check that out, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at fanjul.com slash locked on. Make every moment with Fanjul. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Hawks and Thunder. This is listed as a pick'em. Hmm. Robinson Earl and Pokashevsky are out for Oklahoma City. Donre Hunter missed last game with an asthma attack. Hope he should be okay. We hope, but you know, obviously we've got to be careful with that. And a Kongwu missed with um a hamstring issue. Now, when a Kongwu missed with a hamstring injury, Capella played 36 minutes, which I'm gonna be honest, is pretty insane. So what we do want to watch is if a Kongwu plays, what the hell happens to Capella's minutes and how does that minute split look? I also want to watch DeJounte Murray, who's playing a lot of minutes. He's scoring at a better rate. His percentages are much improved. He's still not doing what exactly I would like him to do. So let's watch that. Let's watch distribution in usage between him and Trey and ball handling and pass attempts, all that stuff. I also want to watch Bogdan Bogdanovich. He's struggling. I don't think he's a must-roster player across everywhere. And when I say must-roster, it means if he's on the waiver wire, you have to do everything in your power to get him. I think he fits in certain teams. I think there is some buy-low value in him. He is going to be better than this. He's going to shoot better than this. But his upside is not through the roof sky high. But I'd like to see him turn something around here. For the Thunder, Kenrich Williams. He's been really good. Whether he comes off the bench or starts, like who knows? They're going to rotate their center every single game. It feels like it's basically turn the time for Kenrich to start. Their last, let's go through there. Kenrich, this is their starting center rotation. Kenrich Williams, Eugene Omarui, Jalen Williams, Mike Muscala, Jalen Williams, uh, Kenrich Williams, Jalen Williams, Mike Muscala. So it feels like we're probably at Kenrich time. Maybe it's Eugene Omarui time. I don't know. Someone different's going to start. They haven't started two, a center two games in a row for like a month. So I don't think Mascala's going to get the nod. So maybe Kenrich is back. He's at least providing stream value. Probably more 14, but this one 12 team value there. Well, Isaiah Joe, one of the best absolute elite three-point streamers out there. He's not going to do it every night where he hits seven threes, but three threes a night? Sure, why not? He does it all the time. He's an unbelievably good shooter who has forced his way into the rotation over Trey Mann. Basically, every single night he gets more minutes. 
We'll see if that's able to continue because that has deeper league appeal. The Wolves and the Pelicans, back-to-back here for New Orleans. The Pelicans are two-point favorites in this one on the back-to-back, which is a little strange. Towns is out. McLaughlin is out. Zion is out. Torian Prince is questionable for Minnesota. And I guess the big thing we need to know is, is Brandon Ingram going to play? Ingram is still listed doubtful for Tuesday. So that makes you think there's maybe a chance for Wednesday. I have still maintained that I think Saturday is the likely return for Ingram, but we will find out. So I'm not going to rule him out 100% for this game yet. And then Najee Marshall is questionable with his own toe issue. On Tuesday, he could return uh, on Wednesday if he doesn't play Tuesday. On the Wolves, it was an absolutely smelly performance from Kyle Anderson last game. Do not drop him, please, for the love of God. Do not drop him. Let's watch what he does here. That poor performance was not because Gobert was back. It was not. And let's see how he looks in this one. And then also, we do want to watch the big French stick himself, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. I know people hate him. And people say he's the disaster draft pick. We got him in round three. Like in a punt free throw situation, he's like 40th or something like that. Like it's not that big of a disaster. And he has started to look a little bit better of late. I still don't think we're going to get all time Rigo Bear back, but he blocked four shots last game. It's a big, it's a good start. It's a good recurrence in that, well, not recurrence. It's a good, um, I don't know. I forgot the word. As he returns to action, first game back, blocks four shots. It's a good sign. It's a good indicator. It's a good omen for things as we move forward. Let's hope anyway. Jazz, Jazz Blazers. Um, Portland, three and a half point favorites here. Olenek will be out. Winslow will be out. At the moment, no one is listed questionable. I do want to see what Jared Vanderbilt's role is. Kessler got into foul trouble last time out and Vanderbilt played 21 minutes. I find it very, very hard to see Jared Vanderbilt as a 12-team league holding. In points leagues, you got... Nah, in points leagues, you jack him. Get that garbage out of here! In a category league, I can see why you would hold. I don't really believe it. But there is, I guess there is some faith you can have that when Olenek returns... Vanderbilt will start again, as he did prior. I don't think they will. But I want to see, can he like, get 20 consistently? I don't think so. I also want to watch Colin Sexton. Because as a 21-minute a night back up to Mike Conley, he's not going to cut it. And even if Conley is traded, do I actually think Sexton's going to be this rocking and rolling top 90, top 80 guy? Not with the way things are in Utah at the moment, where marketing's clearly the number one. I don't. He's not that well-rounded, Sexton. Let's see what his role looks like. And for the Blazers, do they make any changes to their lineup? Almost definitely not. Because they won last game and they'll give themselves a false sense of security. What I do want to watch is the Nasir Little-Josh Hart situation. Because Hart's minutes, they're down almost every game. And Little's pushed back up. Will they make that change? I don't think so. But will they make it subtly and keep Hart at 29 and push Little to 20? That is what we want to watch. Because that would be an indicator that, oh, okay, maybe something could be coming down the pike. I also want to watch Drew Eubanks, who's a great deeper league guy, a great block stream when you're looking for them, um, and just a really solid backup center. Don't get it fooled that he, when he plays these big minutes, so this is must roster sort of guy. He is must roster in 16 team leagues, and maybe you could consider him a streamer in 14s, but just need to watch what his role is, watch those blocks, and don't be really concerned at all that someone like Trendon Watford is coming for that playing time. The Raptors and the Kings. The Kings are four-point favorites in this game. We know that at the moment, Ananobi is questionable. Chemezi Metu is questionable, as is Delano Banton. The Raptors, we want to watch the big sneeze, Precious Achua, because he played 30 minutes the last two games. But you always got to look at context, because I can look at that and go, well, 37, 36 minutes for Achua, let's go. Yeah, that was one game with Van Vliet out, one game with Ananobi out. But what that does tell us is if someone is out, then Achua is a good option. But if they're healthy, then he's not. 
And he still has issues with efficiency at times. So is he a streamer if Ananobi's out? Yeah, I, I think he is. Is he a guy that we need to add? I'm not sure about that. But Gary Trent could very easily get traded. And the winner in the Gary Trent trade, assuming someone doesn't come back to slide straight into that starting spot, which is definitely possible, the winner would likely be a chewer. Also, watch Siakam, who has started to fall off a little bit. He's still playing insane minutes. Like over the five-game week, like to have four of those games over 40 minutes is honestly crazy. But some of his stuff, he started to fall away, especially his free throw percentage. And I do want to watch where he fits rest of season. For the Kings, I want to watch Keegan Murray. Anyone that I put on the buy low, sell high, I want to see you know, how stupid was I. Can he be a 72 true shooting player? No. But can he? No. Let's watch the shooting. And what I do want to watch with Keegan, because I, I am I a soothsayer? Am I a fortune teller? Am I a psychic? No. But I'm telling you now, he's not going to shoot that well. But what I do want to see is what else can he start to bring? Can he keep the rebounds up? Can he bring more than 0.9 assists per game? Can he get steals and blocks in big volumes or even good volumes or even average volumes? Because he was very big at those, those at college. That's how he maintains value, not by being a 50% three-point shooter. So we want to see those other things come in. Because what Mike Brown has done this season, if Keegan has some cold shooting, while well, he plays 27 minutes. And that's really everything that's holding his game together at the moment. I also watched Malik Monk, who'd been bad for like a month and a half, and then last game went off. Okay, are we back to 24-minute Malik Monk? I'm not ready to buy into that. But that was a weird game where Kevin Herter saw his minutes reduced, and we saw Monk and Trey Lyles really cook off the bench. So watching Monk and Lyles and their roles and their usage and their shooting is something that's really um, key as we move forward. The Grizzlies and the Warriors, no spread or total out for this one yet. Iguodala will be out. Jamarant and Steven Adams missed last game. Dylan Brooks also left for the locker room early, but it was a blowout. I'm not really too concerned uh, about that one. So we do want to watch the um, we do want to watch the injury situation there. I don't expect that Jar and Adams are in any danger of missing this game. They should play. I want to watch Dylan Brooks because there's always one comedy event from Dylan Brooks every game. But also want to see if there's any reason that I could be wrong about him being a 12-team must-roster player. I mean, I don't think he's a 12-team muscle roster player. Let me get that straight. Some do. I, I don't. Could I be proven wrong? Don't know. Don't think so. I also watch Brandon Clark, who doesn't mat really matter what happens. He's, he gets low minutes. Steven Adams out, low minutes. Steven Adams in, low minutes. He has some value for certain people. and Because I think, I believe on some sites, he has small forward eligibility, which position eligibility on fantasy basketball sites. Hey, guys, you guys have got money. Give it to me and let me fix it. Because it is ridiculous to have Brandon Clark as a small forward. When has he ever played small forward? Ever. Shout out power forward Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid. Fix it. It's not hard. It's not really hard to do at all. Anyway, that gives Clark some value. But it's only in really specific situations. And I don't know why he's being limited as much as he is. Maybe because he has significant limitations in his game. But the Warriors, what I do want to watch is the big ragu. Dante DiVincenzo. Because last game, he played 27 minutes and that was with everyone back. Hmm. Huh. Very intriguing. 27 for him, 25 for Kaminga. Um, they went with a really tight rotation with Milk getting nine minutes off the bench and then three other guys getting 20. So if DiVincenzo plays 27 a night, that is 12-team interesting. Now, I think he shot really well in that game and that boosted it, but that's intriguing. Also, Kaminga, like 25 minutes for Kaminga, 27 in his first game back, 25 in his second. Is he a 12-team league guy, Johnny? I, I don't really think he is, but... The minutes of those guys is really something we want to watch. For the Lakers, they got a back-to-back. 
They're hosting the Spurs. Vassal will be out. Davis will be out. Reeves will be out. I assume that uh, Lonnie Walker will be out as well, but I'll list him questionable. LeBron is questionable for Tuesday. There's a chance he sits one of these two games, probably this one, to be honest. And then there's a chance that Rui plays. Hachimura will be out on Tuesday, but he could play on Wednesday. For the Spurs, I think we do have to grab Jeremy Sohan. Sohan now! Since he's gone to the one-handed free throw shooting um, style, he's shooting like 73%. The usage is up. It's looking better. I would add him. I also want Jakob Pertl, who I actually think is a buy low. He might get traded, sure. But his value couldn't really be any lower at this point. Terrible showing last game. Permanent numbers are down. Minutes are down. I think he's a good option to buy low. For the Lakers, I do want to watch Rui and Schroeder and how everything fits if Rui does happen to play. But of course, what I think will happen is that Rui will play, LeBron will sit, and we'll still have no idea how any of it works moving forward because then we'll have Reeves and Davis and Lonnie all return. And every little data point we get of Rui playing will mean nothing in a week's time. And that's frustrating. In terms of back-to-backs on Wednesday, Thursday, we've got the Nets, the Rockets, and the Spurs. So we can look to stream some of those guys giving extra boost to the value of, say, a Seth Curry, extra boost to a value of a Jeremy Sohan that we just talked about there as well. In terms of streaming just on Wednesday, a couple of real strong guys for the Wizards. Dylan Wright and Dan Gafford really like them. Denny Avdi is in that mix as well. Um, Seth Curry and Royce O'Neal from the Nets. Dennis Schroeder as a stream option there too. Um, you've got Larry Nance for the Pelicans and Aaron Neesmith. Um, again, not the greatest 12-team league player, but available in lots of spots. And I do like his stream value for Wednesday. If you look at deeper leagues, we've got Isaiah Joe, excellent streamer. Joe Ingles, Joe Harris, brilliant three-point options. Um, Drew Eubanks for blocks. Kendrick Williams, probably just a 14-team league stream, to be honest. Eric Gordon's in the 14-team league category as well. Corey Kispert maybe gets a boost with Rui and Puzingas out, although I don't think he's very good. And then if Jokic does sit, we are absolutely streaming Zeke Nagy. And I think there is a chance that Jokic sits at least one of these games, if not both of them. For points leagues and streaming on Wednesday, we're looking at these guys all available in over 40% of leagues. We've got TJ McConnell. Please just add him. What are you doing? Kyle Anderson. Please just add him. Trey Murphy, Jalen Williams, the tank Tom Bryant until Davis returns. Lou Dort, Dan Gafford, and Dennis Schroeder. Tons of guys available in over 40% of leagues. In terms of the low volume stuff, the chunks over the next four days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, there's two low volume days there. It's Thursday, Friday, and there's one team that plays those games. So it's the Cavs. So if you're looking to stream someone to get some value in, it's the Cavs players. That's probably going to mean Karis Levert. Sorry. Dracaris Levert. Dracaris. Um, Kevin Love. Isaac Okoro. It's probably all you got. Rubio won't play both of those games. So they're probably your only options there. If we're just looking at the next four days in total, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, where is the value in these players? Well, those first six names there are guys that should be added and started regardless of games on that day. And that is Timothy John McConnell with two games in the next four nights. Kyle Anderson with three, big boost there. Trey Murphy with two, D-Lon Wright with two, Daniel Gafford with two, and Jericho Sims with two. You just made the list. I think all of those guys have short-term value over the next four days with two games and some three games. If you're looking to just get some volume in for guys who might not be startable every day in a regular situation, but you're getting three games for four nights, you're looking at the Nets players, Seth Curry and Royce O'Neal look pretty good in that scenario. You can also look at any Wolves players, Rockets players or Raptors players. They've got three games in four nights as well. Yes, some of that are on higher volume days, but that can give you a few extra games in terms of maximizing your acquisitions. And that will do it for me today, guys. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google 
Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. Here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave those comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.